Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark. Asquith. Now, 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 now. Content marketing, it's on everyone's minds and we've spoken about it quite a lot on the show already. But you know the great thing with content marketing? There are so many niches, so many channels, so many ways to promote that content that I honestly think you can learn something every time you have a conversation about it. And that is what we're going to chat through today. We are going to define challenge and conquer how you can create engaging content for your small business using blogs, images, video, podcasts, and how you can actually promote that within your specific niche. And we are really going to talk niche today. We have a really, really interesting niche cropping up today, and I'm really looking forward to digging into this. So it gives me great, great pleasure to welcome to the show from Pet Sitters Island, Kate McQuillan. Hello, Kate. Hi, Mark. How are you today? I am pretty good, thank you. Sat in dreary London, actually, freezing to death. Um, but you're in Ireland as well. Are you getting the greyness? Yeah, it's grey, cold, wet, miserable. <laughs> we're recording this, guys, on the 1st of February, in case you're wondering. It's like, if you listen to this, like, 15th of August, we're not just complaining for the sake. It is pretty grey as we record this. Yeah, it is bad. <laughs> it is indeed, it is indeed. So tell us a little bit about you, Kate. What is it that you do? And tell us a little bit about the businesses that you're involved in. Yeah, so we have two businesses. Our main business is Pet Sitters Island. It's a pet sitting and dog walking company. We started back in 2010, really just in our local area. And then we realized that there was such a need for it um, that we expanded to cover the whole of Ireland. So uh, we have about 65 people working for us now. We have a full time office manager. And we're actually just in the process of franchising our business, uh, really for the expansion that we want uh, across. Island, we really need to needed to look at the franchise model. It just seemed to make much more sense. So that's what we're doing with that at the moment. And then I also have a, a content marketing business where I actually help other pet sitters sort of get to grips with what we've done with content marketing. Wow. So busy. busy. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. Tell us a little bit about that niche as well then, because <clears throat> when you think about putting content out there in such a specific niche, how, how did you first of all realize that there was a, a need for that kind of content? Um, well, I suppose in terms of promoting our business, it really made sense. You've got to be on the internet. You've got to be answering people's questions, you know, getting in there with your articles when people are searching for stuff. So it was kind of a bit of a no-brainer for us. I'm a huge fan of Marcus Sheridan, and I do very much follow his kind of philosophies of, you know, they ask, you answer. And it's just something that's worked incredibly well for us. I think because it is, um, uh, well, it was a new kind of market when we started back in 2010. It's been so great to kind of get in there early. Um, and really kind of monopolize the market over here in terms of content. Um, everything you put in, we'd come up really for search. So yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, obviously we do other stuff, we do advertising and stuff, uh, but the content marketing has been huge in the development of our business. And then of course, going on then to help other people uh, with their content marketing efforts, you know, to help them see the same success that we've had. Wow. So yeah, really, really busy. And uh, the, the the curious thing about that as well is, you know, you're talking about creating content for such a specific niche. Is that mm -hmm. something, because I really struggle with this, 
and I, you know, I, I sort of my niche is is entrepreneur lifestyle, I guess, and helping entrepreneurs overcome specific issues. I struggle sometimes to find something to create content about. How do you stay on top of that? One of the big things we do is answer people's questions. Like we get a lot of inquiries um, and we keep all our contact forms to go through them, uh, to create content from. We answer every single question anyone could possibly dream of asking about pets sitting on dog walking. And we also ask a lot of pet related, uh, sorry, answer a lot of pet related questions. Because if you think about the type of person we're looking for, they're a pet owner. And a lot of people say they're having a problem, I don't know, toilet training their dog they're going to google that and then hopefully they'll find an article that we've written about you know tips to do that and then you know your brand awareness and awareness for the service itself you know that is another option to using kennels or catarrhs wow so that's quite a you know although it's quite specific in terms of its niche there's quite a lot of broad content that you can actually pull up on there yeah there is i mean we do articles about travel because if you think about it you know we're looking for people who are traveling so we do a lot of city break uh, articles we interview other people in sort of the pet industry like vets dog groomers um we do loads of product reviews for different companies we've just done a big product review there for dyson um and they're all things that pet owners are looking for and you know when they find those articles they're ultimately finding us so it's not you're not searching for everybody who's putting in pet sitter or dog walker you're kind of expanding it a little bit just to you know find people who are looking for pet related things and that's a really great point that you made. You know, you mentioned the Dyson article. I've got a giant dog called Pete who was just this massive white molting mess yeah. of a dog. Um, <laughs> you know, you're walking, we've got black carpet up the stairs and it's like the worst oh, choice wow. you could make. Yeah, real yeah. bad choice. Um, so what you said there about the Dyson, obviously instantly I'm, I'm thinking, right, wait a minute, I've got a Dyson, it's five years old, might need a new one soon because he's oh, not stopping. Oh, it's fantastic. And um, he's just really interesting because that diversification, you know, you sort of, you you think about the niche that you're in and you think about the target audience, but the content actually comes from, you know, it comes from the side. It comes from all of these different angles. That, it that- does, yeah. And I think what's been good for us is that your article's about your own services. Obviously, when somebody's directly typing that into Google, you'll come up. But what I find on social media is people don't share those articles as much. They're great for being found organically, but they're not very shareable. Whereas things like reviews of products and that type of thing, people share them with their friends. So you get a lot more reach with them. So even though they're not directly plugging your services, they are actually, you know, getting people to hear about you and and letting people share your information for you. And of course, then they're on the website um, and it's up to you then to try and, you know, have some call to actions to get them to go do other things, sign up to your list or whatever. You talk about reach there as a metric and, you know, I think one of the big issues that many, especially businesses that are still small businesses, but have people responsible for marketing as as an independent job. I think sometimes there's this struggle for metrics, key metrics in particular. And, you know, we hear about engagement, we hear about reach, we're encouraged to use Google Analytics and all the other kind of social media tracking tools out there. How do you measure whether something is successful in terms of content marketing? How do you, how do you gauge a piece's success? Yeah, well, we would track um, our visitors to our website um, every month and I would track as well which articles would be more successful in terms of how many hits they get organically. But what we have a huge Facebook following. We have 24,500 followers on Facebook. So I'm looking on there for things that get shared. 
you know, things that get two, three hundred shares an article, that's just huge for us because they're people that aren't necessarily on our page that will then join our page, um, people that are then visiting our website. So that's a, a big metric for us. And then signups to our newsletter is, is another one or our ebooks. And uh, we have a couple of ebooks that we use to get the, to build our email list. So they're the kind of things that I would look at. Really good point. And you mentioned there that kind of member get member referral based um, sign up process really on Facebook where people share mm -hmm. and then obviously it goes a little bit more virally around the Facebook streams. When it comes to creating content like that, how do you go about analysing whether, well in fact let me rephrase that, how can you analyse the shareability of a post or a piece of content? You never really know. Sometimes you can think, oh my God, this is going to do brilliant and it wouldn't. And then other things you think, oh, I don't know, I'll try this and it does great. So it's never a guarantee, but I suppose looking back at your Facebook analytics and seeing what's done well in the past, looking at your uh, Google analytics, seeing you know what have got a lot of hits on the website, they're really the main things. Topical kind of news stuff does very well. So I would have a lot of Google alerts um, and I use Feedly to see kind of what's going on in the industry in general. That's very good for helping you kind of find things that are already popular. Uh, Buzzumo is another good one for that. Really just so you can see what's getting a lot of shares generally uh, across the market. One of the big things that tends to come up when I have conversation with people about content marketing, especially people that you know, maybe have marketed a little bit more traditionally. So, you know, very linear, very one way, very advertising led. And you talk to people about content marketing and, you know, using these more inbound techniques to gather people. They often come back with the whole, well, that sounds fantastic. But, you know, I kind of don't have the time for that. You know, I'm really struggling for time or, you know, I don't know how we can continue to build this kind of content out. How do you stay on top of that? How do you stay on top of managing Pet Sitters Island and actually putting quality content out? Yeah, I mean, for the first couple of years, I did it all myself, you know. And then I think it was the beginning of last year. Uh, January, February last year, I actually hired a freelancer to help out with some of the articles. But I do a lot of it myself. I'd probably do 70% of it. It doesn't actually take as long as you think to write a blog post. I think what takes a long time is getting your head around it and setting yourself up with a system. But once you have it in place and you're not kind of faffing around thinking, what will I write today? You can actually get on with them fairly quickly. And I wouldn't write particularly long articles, usually around 500 words. I think people don't want to be reading huge, long stories on your website necessarily. I do a lot of bullet point articles so that it's you know easy for people to read and easy for me to put together. And I do a lot of user-generated content interviews, uh, reviews, stuff like that, you know, try and involve the community that we have um, in creating some of that content for me. So that's really how I've kept on top of it. And you have to enjoy it and have a commitment to it. If you're going to do it, you need to be fully committed to it. So, you know, it's been kind of a, a non-negotiable thing that I've just done really for the last few years. That makes sense. That makes sense. And do you, do you sort of, 
do any planning on that one? Do you run a content calendar or how do you stay on top of that Yeah, planning? we would. We kind of had themes. Like at the moment, we're doing a dog breed series. We did a big travel series last year. Um, for one quarter of the year, we run a huge competition and a lot of our content's generated from that. So it is a good idea. Themes are great because it kind of gives you a bit of a focus for a month or two. So you're not thinking, oh, you know, what will I write about at the moment? Uh, but yeah, I do. I have a rough idea of what I'm going to be doing. And then I have articles that are just standard, you know, our kind of regular um, answering pet questions that kind of runs throughout the whole year. And how do you go about, and this is one for, this is one for me because I really, really struggle with this. How do you go about managing your interaction on social media? Because that in itself, wow, that can be such a task, yeah. you know? We do have a very active page. Um, I tend to try and check, I probably spend far too much time on social media, but I tend to try and check in, you know, for 10, 15 minutes at regular times throughout the day, um, just to kind of keep on top of that. We're very lucky that we have a very positive audience, so we don't really have any huge issues with people being negative or anything on the page. So there's no kind of you know, spamming so much, things like that. But you do need to reply to people's comments. I see a lot of people putting so much time into posting and sharing on social media, and then they don't actually bother to reply. Whereas I think actually that's more important almost than what you're posting, that you actually reply and engage with those people. And what I do is I use scheduling software for our posts, and that's freed up so much time that I can now actually spend chatting to people. Which software do you prefer? I actually use Meet Edgar. Oh, um, good choice. Finally, yes. someone else that loves it. Oh, Ooh. I love him. <laughs> he's my favourite Edgar's man. the man, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. And I know people aren't in favour of scheduling software, but I think if you use it properly, there's nothing wrong with it. I think when people say it doesn't work, it's because there's not enough content they're putting out there. They're just repeating the same stuff. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're creating a lot of content, you know, really no one would know. I mean, a regular customer wouldn't, you know, even think about it. It's only because other people are in that kind of space that they know that you're probably scheduling it, you know. But well, the thing is as well, customer, it's, you can't, you know, like you say, your regular customer won't even care. And it's, I think no. with, certainly with things like Edgar, where it saves you so much time, you know, I, I often think that, well, look, I can probably only spend about 20 minutes a day tops on, on my channels of choice on social media. And mm. in particular, Twitter, I find is a challenge because, You know, the more followers you get, the more that you find your content just disappears, you know, so you've got, you know, is that Joey or Coco? I think that's Joey. That's Joey, yeah. Tell us, tell us about the two pointers. I should have asked that, actually, Kate. Yeah. Oh, they're absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) I put them in their bed and told them to be quiet. (laughs) Uh, No, but they're two rescues, actually. We got Coco, we must have her three and a half years now, from a rescue local to us. And uh, she's a gorgeous dog. Uh, They're both gun shy because they're hunting dogs, but they're both terrified of loud noises. Um, And then I saw actually Joey a year and a half ago on Facebook on a rescue. Someone tagged me in the post spitting image of her and I mean identical markings everything uh, but just he's a boy so I thought gosh I can't leave him there so now we have two. <laughs> oh bless that's brilliant that. yeah they're, they're not they're not the best when it comes to uh when you ask him to, to be quiet actually being quiet I do the yeah. same with Pete he's <laughs> the worst one with Pete is he's like the postman honestly oh god yeah <sighs> I'll tell you what, they have some arguments. They uh, And he started chewing the post as well. He didn't do that. And now he's got to like age six or seven and he's just, now he's thinking to himself, this looks like food. I'll just eat it. 
I've yeah, our postman, our postman won't even come down the drive. <laughs> Not that they're vicious or anything, but they're just quite big dogs and they're so yeah. excitable. He's just terrified. So. Yeah, that's the exact same thing with Pete. I, although legitimately last year I took my tax, tax return, um, my, my accountant posted my tax return to me and I got it back to him like the day it was due in. He said, why is it taking you so long? I said, well, <laughs> like, I'm like a kid. So the dog's chewed in. He said, yeah, of, co- of course. And I just yeah. poured out, I just poured out this just, ripped up tax return he said that's the first time that excuse has been used and it's been legit yeah, um, true. so uh yeah no i i can i can sympathize with the postman <laughs> but yeah back to sort of edgar i think it's important for for things like twitter because as i say the the, the, the more followers you get or the more people that you follow the lifetime of that tweet is so unbelievably short you know it's five or six minutes top top end and the likelihood of getting any meaningful interaction or engagement from that tweet is, you know, it's very, very unlikely. So, like, personally, I post tweets out every 30 minutes. And it's yeah. because there's that much content going into my Edgar feed, into the into the library. It's, That's it's it. not I often, think it, is it, that you get a repeat? It's that key, though, is to having enough content. And I see people use it, and you can tell they're using it, and you just see the same stuff every week. And, you know, that's when it starts to annoy people because there's nothing new for them to consume. It's just the same old thing. And it's more noticeable on Facebook. You know, it really is when people are not doing a great job with it. But used correctly, I love Edgar. Big advocate of them. Yeah, me too, massively. I remember when the beta came out, I was like, oh, got to get on this list. I know. I was so excited. I was one of the first people, I think, you know, in this kind of industry to use it or in the pets industry. Um, but yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it really, really is. So, well, let's talk about sort of the, the engagement side of things as well. Because I, I find that with with um, using the scheduling software like Edgar, that 15 or 20 minutes that I've got on social media, I can use it to engage with people. Yeah. How do you manage, not physically manage the conversations, because I know we've touched on that, but how do you strategize that? I guess I guess the question I'm asking is, do you strategize that? Do you have a... Yeah, I do. I would look for... I would look firstly for sort of any long comments on the page to see if there was anything in there I needed to deal with. You know, sometimes people have strong opinions, especially when it comes to pets, you know, thinking, you know, this what should be done this way or that way. Um, and then I would go through some of the stuff to see if anybody had posted anything to the page. You, know, you get some of that sometimes. And then I would just start to try and engage with some of the people that would like stuff or, you know, you, you start to recognize people that would post often. So I would check that out as well. Yeah, I think that's important. Well, let's, let's talk about influencers as well. That's one big, um, I wouldn't say it's a bone of contention of mine, but it's certainly something that I'm mindful of. Is You know, you see so many people um, just interacting differently with people that they believe to be of influence, you know, in this content marketing space. So, you know, you, you might get someone with, you know, I don't know, 300, 400,000 followers, um, and you, you see people that you know interacting with them much differently in a way that looks as if they're just trying to get something from them. Is that something that you spot? Do you, do you ever see that? Is that just me being really jaded? <laughs> no, I do see it. Not so much in our kind of uh, field here, but yeah, definitely in sort of the content marketing world. I think just be yourself. I really do. Do you know, you'll get to know people and people will get to like you just from being who you are and, you know, what you're doing and what you're putting out there. And that would be kind of my advice. Yeah, I, I, I'm well on board with that. I, I do a talk at, at well, any, any conference that I end up doing a talk at, um, the one that I'm rotating at the minute is why your personality is, is your company's secret weapon. And it's all about just being yourself and, you know, having that 
confidence to be yourself. What, where do you stand on having separate business and personal social media profiles? Where do you, where do you see that fitting together? I, well, we use our, um, we obviously have the business profile. One thing I do do on our Facebook page though, is I actually, when I'm replying to people, I put my name after the comment. That's made a huge difference to our engagement on Facebook. Because then when you reply to people's comments, if you post on my Facebook page in response to something and I reply to you, you don't actually know who I am. It just says Pet Sitters Island. Well, so you just put a little dash and put Kate or a smiley face or whatever. Uh, you can kind of start to relate to me and I've noticed that people respond more back to me then using my name and you're creating that little bit of a relationship with them but you're still which is important for us keeping the company brand in which I think is good uh, same with on Twitter you know just try to personalise it a little bit I think it's important to have that personality and especially like for example I talk very much about um, from a personal branding perspective running everything through the one account like I've just got one Twitter account for mm-hmm. for, for excellence expected you know the businesses that I'm involved in Hacksaw podcast websites Cavalry they've all got their own separate Twitters but excellence expected is very much me and I remember when I first started the show someone that followed me who was kind of local to me I started posting podcast content and he said, listen, I'm just going to have to unfollow you because, you know, you should really have a separate feed for all this stuff. And he kind of really didn't get what I was trying to achieve with that. Um, and I, I, th- I think that to sort of turn that around, it's very easy if you are, let's say you do various side projects. I'm sort of of the opinion that if you've got 10 Twitter accounts with 30 users each or one Twitter account that is run by you and has 300 users like that one twitter profile is much more powerful it um, is yeah i think yes yeah, so i think for us uh, i if, if it was a small business i would probably have it in my own name because mm. i do think you can create a stronger relationship but it's unlikely anyone's going to meet me face to face because we use staff to do most of our work so I think you need to have that. Otherwise, they'd be expecting me to come and walk their dog. Yeah, of whereas, course. Yeah, whereas with the brand, they're actually buying into Pet Sitters Island. They're not buying into just one person. So if one of our sitters leaves or gets sick, there's no issue then with somebody else coming because it's a Pet Sitters Island representative. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, I was kind of keen on doing from the start. And particularly now with this franchising, it kind of leads itself into that nicely. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you hit the tipping point of that. Um, you know, the, the thing that I always sort of try and get out there with people, if I do any tutoring or mentoring or, or whatever with people, it's always, could you send someone else to do the job? And if so, mm-hmm. would they need to represent that brand just like you do? Because if, if the answer to that is yes, then you do need separate accounts. You need to run them separately. Um, but with that edge of personality as well. And how do you, as pet sitters, you know, if you are franchising that, how do you deal with things like the language? How do you deal with things like the um, like the company ethics and the way that you know that you want the customers to feel when you are entrusting your brand to someone else? How do you deal with that and manage? Yeah, that? we have a big uh, a handbook on how everything is to be done, and we also like you know the franchisees aren't going to be able to set up their own social media and everything. That's all going to be managed by us. So there's quite a lot of restrictions around it. I think you need to protect your brand. That was the advice that we were given when we started this process. Oh, the brand is so vital. So, I mean, as as we're recording this, I think uh, 1st of February 2016, we're just in, in the throes of setting up another business ourselves called Cavalry. And one of the big issues with that is that 
people on the ground that we have no control over will represent that brand to the end consumer. Um, and one of the big, big things, of course, is that you've got to give them the best experience because the book stops with you, doesn't it? So Exactly. And if you don't have customers, you don't have anything really, do you? But, you know, we do a, a good recruitment process. We, you know, hire the right people. Um, and we try to keep it simple. Our processes are so simple uh, for the way we do things. Everything's online. Everything's automated in terms of GPS tracking of the guys and everything. So, you know, it's a very simple process and service so that really it's hard for anybody to kind of mess it up. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like that actually make it hard for people to mess it up well I that, yeah I think I you have that. to and something that people can duplicate you know you don't need to have loads of systems and processes un- unnecessary ones you just need to have something quite simple and that was something we were really mindful of in the beginning because we knew we wanted it to be a big business and I think the bigger you get the more important it is to just keep everything very simple yeah, I agree with that. Simplicity is the hardest thing to achieve sometimes. Cause it sometimes, is a, yeah. <laughs> it's very easy to make things complex. I think that's the famous Richard Branson quote, actually. Anyone can make something complex. The real key is and the real challenge is making something simple. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really, really good. So, Kate, you've obviously got a million plates spinning. You're obviously doing fantastic work with pet sitters and everything else that you're involved in. So let's switch up a gear and let's give some actionable value to the guys listening out there. So we're going to help you guys listening with your your own content marketing. So, Kate, I know you've put together three superb tips. I do, yep. So, if we may, let's dig into actionable tip number one, please. Yeah, so I think the first thing to do would be to sit down and make a list of all the questions that your customers ask you. So, whether that be via contact forms, from when they phone you, from email inquiries, um, anything like that that they ask you, make a whole list of them and then answer every single one of them as a blog post, exactly using the title exactly as they ask the question. So, like, how much does a pet sitter cost? Will you uh, take my dog for a walk at the beach? All these questions questions just answer them on your website you should have hundreds of them yeah i really like that and that tip in particular that sort of um, the footnote to that about wording the, the blog title just as the question was yeah asked. i think you know and we're all guilty of it wanting to have a fancy cute smart title but uh, google doesn't understand them so just keep them nice and simple and it's good for your readers they know exactly what they're reading then yeah, I think, again, that's such a simple thing, but people really, like, when it comes to content marketing, because it's got the word marketing in it, like, people feel like it has to be really complex, like it's yeah. this big unknown, and that is so simple, but yeah. so bloody powerful. I really, really like that. Really, really good tip. Really good tip. So let's dig into actionable tip number two, yeah. please. Number two, then, would be to create good quality images for every area of your business. So I'm not talking about hiring somebody, a graphic designer or anything like that necessarily, but anything you're going to put out on Facebook, on Twitter, um, in your blog post, to spend a little bit of time finding a nice image. I mean, we're very fortunate in the pet industry that lots of cute pets, but there's no reason that you can't spend that little bit of time just finding something that's very eye-catching something bright colorful make sure it's branded make sure they use your logo and the same font off your website just spend that extra 10 minutes things like canva are just a blessing now that you can make something amazing without any kind of artistic skills really oh canva is fantastic canva really is good yeah it's really good 
It's uh, it's changed the way that uh, we had Guy Kawasaki on the show and he, he articulated it beautifully. It was de- democratizing design, making it easy <laughs> for everyone, which was it is, fantastic. It is definitely, and the new Canva for work is brilliant. Yes, <clears throat> yeah, that's a time saver and a half. Is that? Oh, totally. <laughs> I love it. We're Canva fans, guys. Check it out, <laughs> Canva.com. And also, if you want some decent stock images, a uh, good friend of mine who you remember from maybe episode. Can't remember. Uh, Adam Farrer, anyway, at Adam Farrer on Twitter, he's launching a new stock photography app called Imogen, um, which is going to have a WordPress plugin. So what you'll do, Kate, is you'll basically, if you're a photographer, you're an iPhone photographer, you capture things on your smartphone, you'll upload them to Imogen. um, And then you guys like you and I will be able to search for them using just a WordPress plugin and pull them directly into the blog post. So that's handy. Yeah, such a good idea. It's just in closed beta at the minute. So uh, we will be getting that on on, on Excellence Expector once it's launched. I'll dig out that episode number as well. Get that in the show notes when Adam was featured. Uh, So yeah, create good quality images, guys. It's vital. And Kate... Actionable tip number three, please. Yeah, this is all about engagement. So don't forget to engage with your potential customers. So don't make everything you put out on social media all about you, how great you are, your business. You know, make sure that you're engaging with the content people want. So if people are responding well to, you know, pet care tips or travel tips or whatever it is they're responding to, create more content like that and engage with them to find out more of what interests them. It's all about asking. It's all about it asking. Is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And so many people forget to spot the trends, you know, forget to measure and forget exactly. what to measure. Um, I think you can get so caught up in got to do this, got to promote this, mm. got to do this. You kind of forget to look and see well, what exactly is working. You know, you can just be a machine just churning all this stuff out and not really analysing which is bringing you any value and which is actually turning into customers, which is ultimately what we're doing it for. Exactly. That's why we're all here in business, isn't it? That's uh, yeah, a very, very fantastic point. So yeah, engage with people, ask and create content that actually works. I think that's superb. So Kate, that's been such a good episode. I've really enjoyed that. It's nice to see that you've managed to scale the business up and content marketing is such an integral part of what you're doing. I think that's really inspirational. So thanks so much for doing that. You're welcome. And sorry about the dogs whining and crying in the background. Oh, it's made a pleasant <laughs> change, actually. Normally it's police cars. And, oh, no, is I, it? I, yeah, I'm, I'm never, uh, no, I'm, I'm not one for stopping a dog when they want to go. Honestly, I think it's, uh, I think yeah, it's great to have a bit of personality. Yeah, just they're not in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> Bless them. Bless them. Just before we stick a pin in it, actually, Kate, where can people connect with you on the old internet? Yeah, so you can go to PetSittersIsland.com. Uh, that's our pet sitting website. And my content marketing website is PawsomeMedia.com. And both awesome. of them have all our social channels on them. Love that. Pawsome Media. Yes. <laughs> that's super stuff. Okay, as I said, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed that. No worries. Lovely to meet you. Likewise. And guys, do not forget everything, 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 everything that Kate and I have spoken about will be available at excellence-expected.com. And whilst you're over there, don't forget there's a whole world of small business content, including the five Twitter sins that you are committing today and how to stop them. That's a really, really big game changer for so many people. So check it out. It's a free download and uh, you'll get some useful tips from that. So do check it out. And don't forget, guys, until next time, The more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Catch you later.